religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress. That's James chapter 1, verse 27. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's Leviticus 19.18, Matthew 22.39, Mark 12.31, Luke 10.27, Romans 13.9, Galatians 5.14, and James chapter 2, verse 8. But before we go any further with either of these passages, we need to talk about masks. What would people gain from wearing a mask, and why are you opposed to wearing one yourself? Well, I just don't want to wear one myself. It's a recommendation. They recommend it. Uh, and put the mask on. The routine wearing of face masks. This recommendation of using masks. And now I want to talk about masks. In the 17th century, the bubonic plague wreaked havoc across Europe. Plague doctors in Italy developed a mask that they would wear when treating patients. You've probably seen pictures of this one before. They would wear a fabric overcoat, and then a mask with eye openings and an elongated nose that resembled the beak of a bird. It had two nostril ports at the edge of the mask that allowed it to be stuffed with herbs and straw and spices because they thought that by protecting themselves from the smell of the plague, they'd be protected from the plague itself. However, the bubonic plague did not spread by smelling it. It spread by infected fleas from rats and other small animals. About 200 years later, in 1870, scientists learned about bacteria, and they realized that masking a smell wasn't doing much to stop the spread of these diseases. And in 1878, A.J. Jessup, a physician in Westtown, New York, recommended cotton masks to limit contagion during epidemics. He wrote this in the Hospital Gazette and in Scientific America. Here's what he said. As a properly made cotton filter worn over the mouth and nose must shut out all atmospheric germs of the ordinary putrefective kind, we may be confidently assured that those of the disease will be equally excluded. Basically, wear a mask. Sadly, his idea did not catch on. In the early 20th century, surgeons would typically not wear a mask while performing surgery. In 1905, Chicago physician Alice Hamilton published an article in the Journal of the American Medical Association that led her to the recommendation that doctors should wear masks during surgery. What a great idea, right? Yeah, we might think of this sort of thing as common sense, but in the early 20th century, surgeons kept their faces uncovered. At times, they would be performing surgery with up to 100 medical students seated around them in an amphitheater, blurring the line between classroom and operating room. One student noticed that when the light was from a certain direction, he could see from his seat a continuous spray of saliva coming from the mouth of the surgeon while he talked to the class and conducted his operation. Obviously, protection of the mouth, wrote Hamilton in her article, should be a routine precaution for surgeons and for surgical nurses during operations. I could not agree more. But the face mask as we know it today really came on the scene in 1910, when a plague broke out across Manchuria, known today as Northern China. 
the mortality rate was so high that 95% or more of those that were infected died within just a few days of contracting it. Masks were now being used in clinical settings and surgery, but they weren't seen as something people should wear during an epidemic like this. But that changed when a young Chinese-Malaysian doctor named Wu Lienta deduced that this disease spread through droplets in the air. Most other experts thought that it was spread by rats, like the bubonic plague from a couple hundred years earlier. But based on his theory, Wu made the simple suggestion that people should start covering their mouth and nose with face masks. He designed a simple version that could easily be mass-produced and comfortably worn. Wu explained his theory that the plague was airborne to Gerald Mesny, a famous French doctor in the region. Mesny openly antagonized him, skeptical that a young doctor, let alone one from China, could be an expert on something like this. Yeah, Mesny was more than a little bit racist. To prove his point, Mesny went to attend the sick in a plague hospital without wearing Wu's mask. And two days later, Mesny died from the plague. After this, everyone began wearing Wu's mask. People began photographing it and it became a symbol of medical success. And the plague ended after seven months. Eight years later, when the 1918 flu epidemic hit, people remembered Wu's mask, and companies around the globe began producing similar masks to help slow the spread of this flu. Side note, the 1918 flu epidemic is often referred to as the Spanish flu, but the first case of this particular flu was recorded in Haskell County, Kansas. Yep, right here in the United States. The flu was spreading across the United States and Europe during World War I, and many countries actively censored coverage of the outbreaks. Spain, however, was neutral during the war, and they stood out because they accurately reported their cases, leading many to believe that the pandemic was centered there. Ironically, in Spain, they called it the French flu. After this flu outbreak ended in 1920, so did wearing masks in America, at least for the general public. This has led many of us today to see face masks as an unnecessary and even foreign imposition. But in China, they never had the opportunity to forget, with several other major outbreaks in the 20s and the 30s. For decades, wearing masks was promoted through posters, newspaper ads, and with public health campaigns. So while it's common to say that wearing masks is a cultural thing in China, it was actually a slow process that needed to be learned. And it's one that they have embraced as it shows that the person wearing the mask cares about others. Because wearing a mask in our world today isn't just about protecting yourself, but it's about protecting the people around you. And this brings us up to today in our world, as many of us, all of us, I hope, 
are wearing masks whenever we venture out into public spaces. Wearing a mask during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic will provide some protection to the person wearing it, but it's really in place to protect the people around them. It's not so much about keeping yourself safe, but it's about doing your part in a society that is committed to keeping others safe. And this brings us back to the two passages from the Bible that we began with. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress. Now, why does the epistle of James focus on these two types of people? Because at the time, orphans and widows, they were typically the most vulnerable. In the overly patriarchal society of first century Palestine, if the father and husband died, the mother and children were left as orphans and widows without any cultural protection, power, or resources. And while it can be easy for religion to become a show, going through the motions to let others know how devout you are, this epistle insists that pure and undefiled religion is one that cares for those who are pushed to the margins. Anything else, especially religion that pushes the marginalized even further out, is impure and completely defiled. So the most faithful and religious act is to care for those who are the most vulnerable, to act in such a way that you look out for the people around you who are most in need. And in our world right now, that means you wear a mask when you go out in public. Yes, it is the recommended practice from medical experts, but perhaps it is also the most faithful and pure, undefiled religious thing that you can do as well. Or there's that other passage that we see in the book of Leviticus and all throughout the Gospels and Epistles. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is exactly what wearing a mask is all about. I don't wear a mask to keep me safe so much as to keep you safe. The other day on Facebook, my wife saw someone post a meme that said, Namaste. You know, like Namaste, but with mask in the middle. It's a play off the customary Hindi greeting commonly used in yoga practices. And while namaste means the divine in me recognizes the divine in you, this meme read, namaske, the mask I wear to protect you recognizes the mask you wear to protect me. You see, wearing a mask, it's a way to love your neighbor as yourself. When you wear a mask, you are joining a global community that knows a simple act can make a big difference. When you wear a mask, you are loving your neighbor as yourself. When you wear a mask, you are practicing pure and undefiled religion. So don't think of wearing a mask as something you're being told to do, an imposition on your liberty. Wearing a mask is the most faithful and loving thing you can do perhaps even a spiritual practice. Be still and go wear a mask.
Thanks for listening to Be Still and Go, Meditations for the Movement. I'm Rev. Jim Keat, the Digital Minister at the Riverside Church. No, I'm no expert on the history of face masks, but I just, you know, did a little bit of googling, a whole lot of reading, and some of this was also inspired by a recent episode of 99% Invisible, which is one of my all-time favorite podcasts. Go to 99pi.org and look for their recent episode called Masking for a Friend. I think it's episode 399. Wow, they have a lot of episodes. Speaking of a lot of episodes, we've got a lot of episodes of Be Still and Go. Not quite 399, but like 200 and change, I think. If you haven't already, you should head over to trcnyc.org slash be still and go where you can catch up on every episode of this show or just pull out your smartphone, open your favorite podcast app, search for be still and go, hit subscribe, and each new episode will show up every week right there on your phone. I say every week because this season is weekly. We used to do daily seasons and we, we will again, I promise. Maybe not until Advent. Yeah, probably Advent, but the daily seasons will come back. But for now, if you are enjoying them, I mean, there's a couple of things you could do. You could share it with a friend. You could review it on the Apple Podcasts app. That'd be a really cool thing for you to do. Uh, or you can go to our website, trcnyc.org slash go and click the link that says, got a minute? It's up there on the top right-hand side in the quick links menu. It'll take you to a quick survey you can fill out where you can give us your feedback. Survey? Not really a survey, just a feedback form. All this to say, there's lots of things you can do next. But if you're going outside, be still and go wear a mask.